there's always a new shiny object uh, on the web that it feels like we have to be there. We have to be on Instagram. I was at Social Media Marketing World and it was Snapchat. Everywhere was Snapchat with the ridiculous cone hat. I mean, people were actually wearing these things walking around. And for most of us that are working with high-level clients, Snapchat is probably not the thing right now. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Double Your Freelancing Podcast, where we help you get better clients, make more money, and live a happier and healthier life freelancing. I'm your host, Brendan Dunn, and I have, I'm back. I uh, <laughs> I didn't know I'd be taking off for the summer, but between the trip to Europe and the fact that the house was a cacophony of children yelling and screaming pretty much nonstop, I couldn't really, I mean, one of the downsides of working from home, especially in the summertime, is I never had any silence around the house to record. So I've been around. I mean, if you're on my list and you've been following me online, you know I've been doing stuff, but it's been really hard to get anything production ready recorded. But it's September 1st. The kids are back in school. The house is finally silent. I can I can record. I don't need to worry about some five-year-old banging on my office door while I'm recording. So I am back. Um, I don't know if next summer I'm just going to try to think like maybe I should always take the summers off from recording. Maybe by then, who knows, maybe I'll bite the bullet and find a, you know, some co-working space around here that has a recording studio where I can record outside of the house. I don't know. I don't know what I'll do, but we've got nine months to figure that out, I think, but I'm back now and I've got, I'm sitting on a ton of interviews that I can't wait to share with you. Today, we're actually going to be starting with an interview that I was really excited about doing, and this was with Michael Port. Michael Port is the author of Book Yourself Solid. Back when I started freelancing in the mid-2000s, I remember I didn't know anything about business at all. I mean, I knew how to write code, but I didn't know much about business. And I knew that eventually I'd need to get pretty good at that. And I remember walking into a Barnes & Noble a bookstore and going down the business aisle, maybe it's the marketing aisle, and I came across Michael's book, uh, Book Yourself Solid, and absolutely loved it. I mean, it was a really, really good book. I read it and I used a lot of it to do a lot of the offline marketing tactics that I ended up doing to grow my own agency. Really, I'm honored to have him on the show. I'm honored to actually meet the guy. He, he didn't know me at all. And I found his book. And 10 years later, here I am interviewing him on my podcast. So yeah, I've got a really good interview with Michael. But before we get to that, I want to talk about two of our sponsors that we now have on the show. Uh, the first is FreshBooks. So I want to thank FreshBooks. First off, I've been using FreshBooks. I integrated with them back when I was running PlanScope. I've been using them for quite a while. And when they reached out and said, hey, we love the show, we'd love to you know help support it. Because again, it does take money to run this show. And I don't exactly uh, make any money off the show. I was really happy when they came and said, look, we love what you're doing with W Freelancing. We'd love to be a part of that. So I want to tell you if you haven't heard of, I mean, most of you have probably heard of FreshBooks, but if you haven't used FreshBooks, seriously, give it a shot. Their invoicing features alone. Invoicing is one of those things that you hear me all the time saying, this shouldn't be something that you're spending an excessive amount of time on. You shouldn't be, you should minimize your administrative overhead. 
So one thing that I love about their invoicing feature alone is that it takes literally 30 seconds to generate and ship off an invoice. You can brand it. You can you know put your own logo. You can, you can set it up the way you want it to be set up. And they'll automatically stay on top of your clients and send them late payment notifications. So you can you don't need to worry about like, you know, you can let FreshBooks in a way be the bad cop and nudge your clients if they're not paying you on time and everything else. It's a really good tool, really solid tool for invoicing and really a lot more than just, I mean, they there's time tracking, there's a, like a client uh, portal section and it's even gotten, since I started using it back in, I think, the late 2000s, they've really added a lot of really great accounting features onto it, too. So highly recommend FreshBooks. Give them a shot. Um, go over, actually, if you want to, one thing that they're giving us, uh, or my audience, rather, is a month of unrestricted access to all of our listeners. It's free. You don't need any credit card to sign up or anything like that. All you need to do is go to freshbooks.com slash double. And then enter double your freelancing, again, double your freelancing in the how did you hear about us section. Please enter that in if you sign up for a trial. They want to make sure that they're getting a return on supporting the podcast. So if you do sign up, please, please attribute it to us. The other sponsor, it's not really a sponsor like FreshBooks is a sponsor, but it's the Double Your Freelancing Academy. And as many of you know, this is an initiative that has been really years in the making. Uh, it used to be the Double Your Freelancing Clients course, which is now the academy where we've got an actual dean, which <laughs> is Kai Davis, who is helping me run all the, you know, the academy at large. We've got a, a teaching staff of six. We've got, uh, well, seven, including me. We've got success coaches. We have Jesse helping out on all the support and administration. It's really taking off and it's incredible to see, you know, we kicked off the August cohort already and we're already getting things like, yeah, we're two weeks, three weeks in, and this is like the best move I've made for my business ever. So if you haven't looked at the Academy, if you don't know what it's about, head over to doubleyourfreelancing.com slash Academy, give it a look. If growing your business in a way that is more than just getting a bunch of information dumped on you and if the idea of working alongside for seven months with seven different subject matter experts who will help you with this specific part of your business will help you not only tell you, hey, you should position yourself or choose a niche, but instead will say, I'm going to work with you individually to help you choose a niche, then definitely check out the Academy. Again, it's doublefreelancing.com slash Academy. All right. Without any further delay, I want to jump directly into Michael's interview if you haven't rated the podcast, please go over to iTunes, give it a rating, a review. I read everyone. I know it's been a little silent over the last few months, but we are back in action. So yeah, here's Michael. All right, everyone, I want to introduce you to Michael Port. So Michael is the New York Times bestselling author of Book Yourself Solid, Steal the Show, and four other books. Uh, Michael, welcome to The Business of Freelancing. Thank you so much. So uh, we're going to be talking about Something that uh, I know you've covered ex exhaustively in Book Yourself Solid, and it's one of the things you, you like to focus on, which is um, getting clients, might I say the traditional way, you know, on the ground, um, you know, local clients, um, generating leads locally. Um, but before we get into all of that, why don't you just spend about 30 seconds or so uh, with who you are, what you do, and, uh, you know, kind of why you're here? Sure. For the past 14 years... I've been running Book Yourself Solid worldwide. 
And of course, we offer lots of different training programs on how to get clients, how to book yourself solid. But I wrote Book Yourself Solid in 2005, and it has become really an evergreen marketing system for freelancers of all kinds. And I had honestly no idea. When I wrote the book, I thought, well, maybe it'd just be a good thing to do to you know, help sort of move my ideas forward. But I had no idea it would blow up the way it did. So, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, you, you wish uh, upon a star and every once in a while, you know, your, your dreams will come true. So I've been doing that for a long time now. Okay. So, you know, I, I read Book Yourself Solid when I started consulting back in, I think, 2006, 2007. It was, you know, I was wandering around Barnes Noble and it was, it stood out and I read it and loved it. What, um, what I remember from it is it was very focused on a lot of offline higher touch, uh, tactics, um, actually having live discussions with prospects and everything else, but, but I've <laughs> actually, actually talking to people. Yeah. Right. But, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of creatives I found want to be able to fall asleep and wake up with leads in their inbox who are, you know, automatically acquired, nurtured, and ultimately maybe even converted. And I think, um, you know, especially when you're just starting out, you don't have a really sophisticated funnel. It's really hard to do anything like that. So, you know, I'm always trying to point people toward, you know, you can go to meetup.com, you can go to your local chamber of commerce, there's a million kind of businessy uh, mixers or networking events that happen in most areas weekly. And for me, when I built my agency, that's what we did. We got to know the local business community. We eventually got into doing things like, uh, you know, workshops and uh, seminars where we teach people um, different things and use that as a way of really capturing uh, new leads. Um, but, you know, what, what would you say? I mean, I, a lot of the people listening to the show know my perspective on, on the importance of offline, but, but what's your case for why it's so, you know, important for somebody to get away from the computer and go out, go outside? I don't necessarily compartmentalize online and offline. So I'm not suggesting that one should be offline more than online or, you know, vice versa. Obviously, I think that they are part and parcel of the same thing. I think they're about connecting with people and there's lots of different ways to do that. And I think each one of us should choose the kind of strategies that are most applicable to our personality and the way that we want to live our life. One of the reasons Book Yourself Solid is held up for so long is because there are no fly uh, by the seat of your pants tactics and, and it's not uh, focused on any shiny new objects. So I've done multiple editions of the book and the most recent is an illustrated version of the book, which designers love because I've taken so many of the concepts and I have, well, I didn't, I didn't do the illustration. It was actually the easiest book for me to write because I had already written the book and a wonderful il illustrator uh, took the ideas and she, she visualized them. So instead of having to read 20 pages to understand, say, a sales cycle process, you could read five pages and look at 10 pictures and you'd get it. So I, I say that because what I'm most interested in is helping my students understand the concepts and the context of the choices they make as it relates to designing a marketing system for their business. Because if you just focus on self-promotion strategies, 
but you don't yet have a good foundation built for the business, if you don't know how to build trust and credibility, if you don't yet know how to price your offers right in the sweet spot of the buyer's desire, and how to have simple sales conversations at the right time, then all the self-promotion strategies in the world may not help. Right, because so your, your funnel's leaky in a way, right? Where you, yeah. get, you might get a lot of prospects, but you don't have the, the back end, the sales process that's, in line. That's right, because I think that, I don't, I don't think that marketing really gets you clients. I think certainly you can do some clever marketing things and people will pay attention, but marketing is about creating awareness for the most part. What you do once somebody becomes aware of you is what actually books you the business. What you do once somebody becomes aware of you is what actually books you the business. And that's why the first module in Book Yourself Solid is all focused on your foundation. The second module is your plan for building trust and credibility. The third module is perfect pricing and simple selling. And then the fourth module is on the six core self-promotion strategies. And these six core self-promotion strategies have held up for decades and they will continue to hold up for decades because the tactics inside each of these self-promotion strategies may change based on whatever technology is hot or you know, whatever the latest fad is. But if you understand how to apply the concept and you can put all of this in context, then you see the big picture and you know how to paint the uh, paint within the lines, essentially, of that big picture. So the six core self-promotion strategies are networking. And I define networking as developing deeper relationships with people that you already know. Usually people think about networking as meeting people you don't yet know. But I, I define that as direct outreach. And that's the second core self-promotion strategy. If the first is networking, the second is direct outreach. Direct outreach is reaching out to people that you do not yet know, but would like to know. Now, you may use your network to reach those people. So there's that networking component, but the first is networking, the second is direct outreach. I think that the way we define terms and the language we use influences the way that we approach our tactics and our strategy. So I think the use of language is important. I, I don't think it's just semantics. So number one is networking. Number two is direct outreach. Number three are referral strategies. And number four is writing strategies. Number five is public speaking strategies. And number six is web strategies. And that, of course, is a, a large topic in and of itself. But if you look at the six of them, it often surprises people that I think only three are mandatory. Even in this day and age, I think three of them are optional. So mandatory, I think, is networking, developing deeper relationships with the people that you already know that would be relevant to the work that you do and the business that you're trying to build. Direct outreaching, I think, is mandatory because reaching out to people that you do not yet know but would like to know because they can open doors, they can refer you business, they can help you get where you want to go is essential. And I think referral strategies are mandatory because for most service professionals, your best clients will come through your current and past clients and 
people that have never worked with you, but believe in you. Now, writing, well, writing strategies can be very, very impactful, but I don't think that if you, I mean, if you don't love to write and you don't feel it's a strength of yours, I wouldn't spend a lot of time doing it. Sure, you can outsource article writing for your blogs, et cetera, but it probably won't have the same kind of effect unless it's something you love to do. Speaking, public speaking, I, you know, look, I have an entire division of our business that's focused on public speaking, heroic public speaking. And I do not suggest that people pursue public speaking unless they really want to, unless they love it, even if it makes them nervous, even if they're a little scared about it, they've got to love it. They got to want to do it. It can be an effective way to get in front of potential clients and earn trust, uh, convert into potential uh, sales, et cetera. But it's not something that I would recommend people do unless they want to do it. So to me, that's optional as well. It doesn't mean that once in a while you won't give a little speech or write some articles here or there, but you don't focus on them as primary strategies. And then the same thing was with web. Now here's where people get surprised, especially uh, someone who's a web designer may go, what? what? No, I don't mean that you don't need a phenomenal website that uh, is, a hot, is, is a tool you use for converting potential clients into current clients, but you don't necessarily need to use traffic uh, generation strategies, SEO, Facebook strategies, all of those things to, put peop- to bring people to your site. Direct type in traffic through referrals, networking, and direct outreach can be just as effective because you're not necessarily trying to sell tens of thousands of products a year or a month. a few customers. Yeah. 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 So if you have, if you're booking 20 customers a year at 10 or $20,000 a customer, well, that may be a good year for you, especially in the early days. So, so I think that because there's always a new shiny object uh, on the web that it be, it feels like we have to be there. We have to be on Instagram. All, I was at Social Media Marketing World last uh, week or week before last, and it was Snapchat. Everywhere was Snapchat with the ridiculous cone hat, yellow thing. I mean, people were actually wearing these things walking around. And for most of us that are working with high-level clients, Snapchat is probably not the thing right now. I still thought it was for teenagers, honestly. I it, haven't even... <laughs> no, but I mean, if you know, if you want to reach the 18 to 20, the, the 13 to 22 market, that's a great right. place to be. But most of us are not trying to reach the 13 to 22 market. So the point is, is that there'll always be, you know, somebody out there pushing those platforms uh, that may or may not last. And I don't think you have to be aggressively on those. I, I, I haven't been on Twitter myself in eight months. And now I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to make a point of this and thinking about just staying off just to prove my point that I actually don't have to be on Twitter to run a big, big, big business in this particular industry. I'm on Facebook. I, I, I have an account on Instagram. I don't do anything with it. Um, I have a LinkedIn account, but I say, please do not try to contact me here. I do not want to be here. I don't want, you know. I say, if you want to find me, here's an email. So I, I just don't think that that's where you need to focus your energies. We don't spend a lot of time on SEO, although it's incredibly effective. And if we did it a lot, it would be great, but we can only do so many things. So um, I feel pretty strongly about this because I think that 
one of the biggest roadblocks for people when they're starting their business is distraction and feeling like they have too many things to do so they get overwhelmed. And overwhelm is not necessarily just a factor of having too much to do. It's, it's in large part a factor of not knowing what to do next. And if you know what to do next, you tend, tend to feel a lot more confident. And the way that I've organized Book Yourself Solid is, is so that you know what to do next. You design a system. You know what you're going to do each day. You use a few of the core self-promotion strategies to create awareness. You create this awareness. They come check out your foundation. You use your plan for building trust and credibility to earn trust and credibility and make sales offers, and this is important, make sales offers that are proportionate to the amount of trust that you've earned. Then if your pricing is perfect, if you know how to have simple sales conversations at the right time, and that's important, well, then you can book the business and you do this again and again and again. Each day you use a few of the self-promotion strategies. And I'll tell you exactly what I do without even leaving the house to, to, to use the networking and direct outreach strategy. And you can call this local or virtual or whatever you want. It makes no difference because I don't think, um, I, I don't. Well, I'll get into that in a minute, but you use a few of the core self-promotion strategies, networking, direct outreach, referrals, writing, speaking, web, et cetera. You create more awareness. They come to your foundation, which is already built. You use your plan for building trust and credibility. You know how to price your offers. You've already done it. You know how to have simple sales conversations using the four-part formula for simple sales conversations. And then you book the business and you see how it becomes a repetitive process. And all you need to do each day is uh, some networking, some direct outreach, and you're good to go. Just make it a part of, I mean, it becomes a habit really is, yeah, is it what it needs to become. Is a habit. And my clients mm -hmm. do it every day. It takes about 10 minutes is the sure. basic habit. And then they can go from there. They can build on that from there. Yeah. I mean, I've seen so many people who just get paralyzed with every sort of tactic out there, right? I mean, some people are saying you need to get into content marketing. Some are all about Twitter, Snapchat, like you said, um, Periscope. I mean, there's all these different things. And I think one of the big realizations that I've seen people have is, until you actually understand who your customer is and what their behaviors are like. I mean, for instance, I, I know I have a friend who what he does is he does direct outreach to chiropractors nationwide every month. He has a VA who just find he'll, you know, they'll focus on, let's say Atlanta, find a lot of um, chiropractors and hand invite them to a webinar that he hosts every month. Because what he's realized is chiropractors are not Googling around, how do I get more patients? I mean, that's not something that chiropractors necessarily do, but, you know, he's, he's realized that if he can reach out to them and say, I want to show you how you can get more patients online, um, it, it works very well for him. Now, conversely, I know a lot of people who have customers who are Googling around for their problems that, you know, this, these particular people can help solve. And for them, it makes a lot more sense to get into the tactics of, content creation and everything else. And I, I've just seen a lot of people who, I mean, the 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 best example I always see is people who, let's say they, they want to focus on uh, local brick and mortar small businesses or something, right? And they, they don't realize that unlike them, their ideal client does not actually look online like they do. And so, you know, you just need to, what I found is they just need to kind of see wh who it is they're selling to and how do they, you know, if you're networking, in-person networking, going to actual, you know, events and everything else, that's going to have a different, in my, from what I've seen, at least a different kind of, uh, it, it's, just, it's all, yeah, right. It's, that's it, what, that's what you're getting at is that if we understand the context 
of how marketing fits into our ultimate goals, then we can make smart choices. Because none of, look, the fact of the matter is, I would be happy not to do any marketing, period. I just sit on my boat all day, have clients show up. It'd be fantastic. I'd love it. But it's just not the reality, even after 14 years of doing this. I still have to get out there and shake hands, meet people. And I do this both online and offline. So for example, the networking strategy. I have this concept of the network of 90. I think that if you have, and this may seem like a large number to start, but it eventually will seem like a very small number and you'll actually have to cut people out of it. I don't really think you need more than 90 people in your network to get booked solid. And there are way more than 90 people in most, in the, for the folks who are listening, there are way more than 90 people in their networks already. Many of these people may not be relevant to their business at this point, but what they're doing is they, what they should be doing is looking at, well, who inside my current network would be relevant to me building the business, to growing it? And they start taking those people out and put them in a different list. And they call this list the network of 90. Now, maybe they start with 20 or 30. Well, that's where they start. And I'll tell you what you do with them in a minute. Then in direct outreach, they have another column in this spreadsheet, or we use a, a specific tool and I'll, I'll tell you what that tool is in a little bit. But if you, if you have another column in a spreadsheet or a piece of paper or wherever you put it, you make your list of 20. And that's your direct outreach list of 20. So there are, if you put 20 people on this list that you do not yet know, but would like to know, because you feel that if you do know them, that'll open doors for you. It will send referrals to you. And these might be influencers in your industry. This might be other service professionals who serve the same target market, but don't offer the same services. This may be meeting planners if you want to get booked to speak. This may be editors if you want to get booked to write. This may be agents if you want to write a book. It could be anybody that can open a door for you in some way. And what I'll do now is introduce what you should do each day for your networking. And then I'll introduce what you should do each day for your direct outreach. Once you have these lists, now you have some focus. And that's really important is the focus. I, I now know who I'm going to focus on. Now, here's what you do. Each day, I recommend that you introduce two people inside your network who don't yet know each other, but might find each other relevant. Now, it could be personally relevant or professionally relevant. doesn't matter. Because what you're doing is you're demonstrating, A, that you're thinking of them, B, that you know what's relevant to them and C, that you care enough about them to go out of your way to bring them something of value. And people sometimes get nervous. They say, but what if they won't, I don't, I don't know if they want to be introduced to others. So no problem. You just ask them, hey, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I've got this friend, uh, this colleague named Stan, and I think you guys should meet because you're relevant in this way or you're, you're relevant to each other in this way, or you'd find each other interesting because of this. You know, someone just introduced me to 
another guy that has a bow. Actually, this was one of my clients who I taught how to do the introductions to. And he just made an introduction between me and a guy named Tom. And this is, this is how random the introductions can be. The client of mine lives up in uh, the Northeast somewhere, very far up. And he introduced me to a guy named Tom. This guy named Tom was his client. But this guy named Tom keeps his boat at Osprey Point in Rock Hall, Maryland, a tiny little nothing town, where I keep my boat. At the, we're at the same marina. So he said, wait, I know you guys are at the same marina because, Michael, you always talk about your boating and you're obsessed with boating and it's kind of insane. And nobody who, he was joking, is like, only people who care about boating would actually want to listen to you keep talking about boating. So uh, I've got a friend named Tom who just so happens to have his boat in the same marina as you do. And he made the introduction. Well, now Tom and I are talking and he says, oh, my boat was named Wonderlust. I said, oh, I know Wonderlust. He goes, yeah, we sold it last year, uh, but now we got a new trawler. Uh, and I said, oh yeah, well, we were on D dock. Now we've moved over to A dock because we got a new boat. We need a new slip, blah, 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 blah. He goes, oh, no kidding. We just moved from D dock to A dock. I said, where, you know, well, we're in the boats in North Carolina. We're going to run her up. We'll be there in two weeks. Great. So let's get together. And he's a small business guy too. A successful one. So that's a personal introduction that demonstrates to me that my uh, client, Scott, is thinking about me and what's relevant to me. You know, he's not going to introduce me to somebody who, who wants to meet me because they want in access to my agent, but yet they've never written a book before. He wouldn't do that because he, he knows, well, you know, Michael's agent is the kind of agent that works with a certain kind of author. It's probably not going to be relevant and Michael's probably not going to want to use his equity with his agent to introduce somebody that he doesn't know, who's just starting, who's never written a book, who's et cetera, et cetera. So he thinks about, well, what is actually relevant? And he makes that introduction. So you just do that with one person or two people a day. Now it could be something professional. So listen, you guys are both share the same target market. You do different things. Uh, so you're in the same industry, blah, blah, blah. I think you guys should meet, you know, here's contact information. Peace out. See you later. And you leave it to them. And if you're not sure if they want an introduction, you ask them before you make the introduction. And most people that are up to big things in the world love to meet new people and they want to, and it's good for business. I, I folk, every day I try to, I try to talk to somebody that I've never talked to before and somebody that I have talked to before, but haven't talked to in a while. So what are this, one of the things that this introduction does is it keeps me in contact with people in my network of 90 and shows that, as I said before, that I'm thinking about them, that I know it's relevant to them, and then I'm willing to take the time to go out of my way to add some value to them. So you do that. You know how many minutes that takes? Oh, two, three. That's a simple email. I mean, it's... it's yeah, it's so easy. Right. It's the first, first thing in the morning, or you do it later in the afternoon or whatever, but you just do it each day. Then you share some information with at least two people inside your network. Now, it's not something that you've created. Like, hey, I just wrote this great white paper. It's like what? an article you come across or something, right? That you think yeah, would help somebody. Exactly. So if I'm reading an article about uh, a new aspect of engineering and I have a contact who is an engineer, I'll write to him and say, listen, hey, I was reading this article about XYZ and I immediately thought of you mm -hmm. and I'm wondering if you've read it. If not, here's the link. What do you think about XYZ? Right. That gets a discussion going and it could, yeah, right. right. Yeah. And you know, because people like to talk about what they're interested in. For example, let's go to boating. 
I have a lot of friends who are boaters that I probably wouldn't have a lot of common, a lot in common with outside of boating, but we share the same interest. So we talk about boats, mm-hmm. we talk about boating, we tell boating stories, and we could talk for hours and hours and hours. But if we weren't boaters, we'd be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right. We would, so people, people make friends because of their interests, not necessarily because they're similar. Exactly, yeah. Okay. So now, have we, now that's two people and two people, that's four people. And then I would say, share some compassion with at least one person inside your network every day. So congratulate them or support them. I have a, I know a guy who is going through a divorce right now and I sent him an email this morning. I said, listen, just want to think about you, anything I can do. I know it's a rough time, blah, blah, blah. And I sent him one about a month ago, you know, and I, when the last time, when I found out, I said, listen, I'm, unless you tell me otherwise, I'm just going to, you know, stay in touch with you over, you know, the course of the rest of the next six months or year, just ask you how you're doing. If you, if, it, if you don't want me to, just tell me to, you know, uh, bugger off and I won't, but you know, I know it's a difficult time. I went through it myself and, uh, I always found that it, it was helpful when, you know, when people reached out and, you know, we don't, he's not somebody that I talk to on a regular basis at all, but this is a way for me to demonstrate that I care about him. And I have no expectation of business from him. I'm not doing it because I want a business relationship with him. I'm doing it because I care about him. And, and, and A, it makes you feel better about who you are to care about other people. And if caring about other people and doing things for them is part of your way of promoting yourself, then you are generally more comfortable promoting yourself because you, most of the people who are listening right now care more about helping others than they do about helping themselves. And so if you put the focus on helping others, then the whole concept of self-promotion becomes less uncomfortable. But let's do some math for a second. Let's add this up. Because if you're connecting with five people inside your network every day, people that you already know, if you do that for five days a week, that's 25 people a week. If you do that for four weeks out of a month, that's 100 people that you're staying in contact with every month. So if you have a network of 90, that means you're staying in touch with every person inside that network every month. That makes a difference. Now, you want to get together with coffee with them? Great. You want to, you know, meet them up at a networking event? Let's go together. Yeah, great. Whatever. There's so many other things you can do. But I did this in the beginning because initially I wasn't comfortable going to networking events. Right. You don't want to be the, the salesperson, the, yeah, the service provider at the, yeah, yeah right. Which no yeah. one, right. I don't know. I just wasn't super comfortable with that at the beginning. So that's what, and then as I got more comfortable doing this, I got more comfortable going to networking events. So I mentioned I was at social media marketing world. I took a speech there. So regularly, you know, my normal speaking fees are about 30 grand, which obviously is, you know, is a good sum of money. And that's, you know, if I go to a large company like a Coca-Cola or something, that's what they're paying me. And that's perfectly reasonable for them. But social media marketing world doesn't pay its speakers and they get some amazing speakers to come in and speak. And I went there for no fee because I wanted to be there to connect with other colleagues because I know the people who are going there are people that I need to stay in touch with and want to keep developing deeper relationship with. So I go and I get out of my you know house and I go out of my way and I spend time meeting people. I'm actually more of an introvert than an extrovert, which is surprising given that I give speeches and also teach public speaking and 
you know, I'm, I'm out in front of the public, but being a performer doesn't mean that you're naturally an extrovert. Even being gregarious doesn't mean that you're an extrovert. I get very tired when I go to those events. I find that if I'm around large groups of people, it's exhausting. So I have to go out of my way to do it, but I know the value of it. So I'm willing to do it. And then what happens is if I only focus on developing relationships with people that I like, like I really resonate with and like hanging out with, then it becomes uh, invigorating and nourishing. And it's not as exhausting because I'm not sitting there having conversations with people that I don't really want to be with. You know, it's, it's funny you, when I, so I'm in speaking of boating, I'm in Norfolk, Virginia, big Navy town. And we're going to hit the Norfolk this summer with our boat. Oh, nice. Yeah. Actually I went to college in Annapolis and I'm from Fort Lauderdale. So kind of boating's in my blood. Um, but I hated networking events because I didn't want to, you know, when you're talking with somebody, you know, all they care about is, are you going to be a customer of mine? If not, you see their eyes start looking for the next kind of victim, right? In, in the sea of people. And um, once they realize you're not, they're trying to find a way out. And I, I always hated that. You know, I'm introverted too. I don't want to be there. I don't, I'm not a high pressure salesperson in any way. So what I ended up doing was just by going there and trying to listen as much as I can, ask people about their business, learn as much as I can about what they're up to. And then, like you said, find ways of matchmaking in a way. Um, I mean, that's that was our entire biz dev strategy that grew us to 11 employees that brought us to millions a year in revenue was nothing but that just building out our network, our network of people, staying in touch with them, pairing them up, like you said, with with people that we think and what that did is kind of like bumps us to the top of their head every time we do that. Right. So if they're in a position and somebody is like, oh, you know, I'm looking to get a, uh, you know, a custom map built. Well, they would often, I mean, most of our network, 99% of them would never be clients. So we were fine with that because we knew that they would refer the right people to us. Mm-hmm. Now, I think there's, there's also something to add to that is that you are also probably best in class. You deliver what you promise. This is a hard strategy to effect if you are not delivering on your promises because your reputation is based on your ability to make commitments and fulfill those commitments. So when you say that, do you mean delivering on your promises in terms of technically delivering or everything? Okay. Okay. I mean, everything. If I say I'm going to do something and I don't do it, right. Whatever it is, personal or professional, they go, ah, flaky. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean every once in a while I say I'm going to do something. And then I say, you know what? Change my mind. That happens. I think that's cool. I don't mind if people do that once in a while. But not when it's a big promise, you know, it's a really, when all sorts of people have, you know, have made their plans around you. That's, that's different. But in terms of work, your entire reputation is simply based on your ability to do what you say you're going to do. So if I say I can help someone get booked solid and I could do that, well, then my reputation is great. If I can't do that, or if I don't return phone calls, or if I don't do what I say I'm going to do on time, or if I'm difficult to work with in any way, then the networking strategy may not be as effective. You know, when people say, oh my God, I love him or I love her. She's the best. You have to meet them. That's because you've been doing what you say you're going to do for a long time. 
So that's, that's a very basic networking strategy that'll take you about 10 minutes a day, and then you can build on it. But even just that could get you booked solid, as you said it did for you. And then direct outreach, you know, direct outreach, as I said before, is identifying people that you would love to put onto your network of, of 90 list, but you just don't know them yet and you'd like to meet them. Now, if you want to have a reach for the stars network, I mean, list of 20 as well with Oprah and Richard Branson and whoever else, you know, is a big celebrity, have that list. But the list that I'm talking about is a list of people that you can get to easily that would be relevant. They may not have billions of clients to send you or billions of dollars to give you, but they can get to you. I mean, you can get to them. So best way to get to them, of course, is through an introduction. And if you're continuing to nurture your network of 90, then you'll have lots of people in there. And many of them may know uh, the person you're trying to reach out to. So if I'm trying to reach out to John Smith, I think, well, who in my network might know John? Oh, so-and-so is in his industry. Let me ask them. And if they do, you say, listen, I'd love to meet John Smith. And here's why. Very important. If someone just emailed me and said, listen, I'd love to meet, uh, I don't know, Ron Tite, one of your colleagues. And they don't say why. I might wonder, go, well, do they want to pitch him something? You know, what, what's, what do they want from him? Do they want him to say, hey, can you put me on your TV show? What do they want? So if they say, listen, I just want to tell him that I love his work. I think he's fantastic. Uh, and, uh, and then I'm a big fan. Great. Done. Because that's a lovely way to start your direct outreach. We are not starting our direct outreach with an ask necessarily. I generally like to ask people of things after I have done as much as I can for them so that I've earned the ask. And I don't think it's quid pro quo. I don't expect anything from them, but I've just never been comfortable asking something of somebody when I don't really know them. Yeah. I mean, it's like going in for marriage on the first date. You just don't. <laughs> generally don't. You generally it typically don't. doesn't work. <laughs> it typically doesn't work. Although I think some people have tried that in Vegas <laughs> and they've, they've sealed the deal, but then have found that they wanted to annul it a few days later. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> I don't think we want a, a lot of client annulments uh, no, we in, don't, in our right. business. Right. You're exactly right. So we're running out of time, but, um, I mean, I, I really like what you're saying in terms of building up this, you know, the small, I mean, it could be as simple as you just throw up an Excel spreadsheet. You have, you know, the email, I assume last time you contacted them, maybe a few notes about, you know, what, what's going on. And I mean, it, Everything is so relationship driven, whether it's online, offline. I mean, in my own business, you know, I know people who I'm always trying to, you know, it, it's not like we're both trying to help each other out. It's it's a win win for all of us. We're always trying to see who can I, you know, who can I introduce to somebody that, um, like you said, would they be able to, th there's a context, a common sure you know, thing of an interest, like you said, well, and then they can build from there. Yeah, so when I started doing this, I just used a spreadsheet, you know, right. 150 years ago, but now there are software programs that will help you do this. One of them is a, is a program that I have a relationship with because they've taken the book yourself, solid concepts and integrated it into their protocols. When they came to me, they said, listen, we've got a, the best follow-up uh, software in the world, but we need a better protocol. You've got the best protocol. Can we put it in there? 
So we uh, we partnered up and it's called contactually.com forward slash BYS. That's the BYS edition. Book yourself solid edition. Contactually.com forward slash BYS. And it's relatively inexpensive, very inexpensive to compare to most of these types of um, uh, relationship management systems. And you can get a month for free, so you can go check it out. But it's really quite fun and it helps you do these. It helps you with your introductions. It'll make recommendations. It'll keep all the information. It'll know who you've uh, stayed in touch with so you don't make the introduction to them again in three days. So it manages all of those things. It'll help you save uh, articles and other information that you share with people so you know who you shared what with. Uh, This way, you're less likely to um, be concerned about the mistakes that you might make uh, in this process. And it's very well organized. And each day it says, okay, here are your people for the day. And then you go about doing it. And then you go about doing the rest of your work. And you're building relationships and you're meeting new people and you're getting booked solid. I like that. I mean, it takes away a lot of decision making in terms of, you know, looking at an exhaustive list in Excel and trying to figure out which one. Exactly. You'll get an email each day. If you want to do three people, five people, 10 people, 20 people, you just choose and it will send you the list. That's great. That's great. So, Michael, where can people find out more about you? I know you've got, um, I think you said on bookyourselfsolid.com you have currently five uh, things that you're giving away for free or the well, first yeah, time. The, the, yeah, there's a download, five tools to get you booked solid today. And uh, that's like a cheat sheet to get you started uh, straight away. And that's at bookyourselfsolid.com, bookyourselfsolid.com. Of course, I recommend you go right over to Amazon and just buy Book Yourself Solid. There are two. There are three editions actually. Uh, the the there's a, a first and a second edition of the written version, and then there's one edition of the illustrated um, uh, uh, book. So Book Yourself Solid Illustrated or Book Yourself Solid Second Edition. Uh, either of those books are great. The illustrated edition is a little bit more expensive because it's a bigger book. It weighs about four pounds. You know, it, it, uh, it comes on a forklift. It's, it's a really, it's, and if you're a designer, that's the book you want. Right. You'll, you'll love it. Or if you're a visual learner. I would yeah. Imagine. Any visual, the visual learners they absolutely love it. And that's why, that's why I did that. But there's also the paperback, uh, of the regular, uh, you know, book yourself solid, the original. Perfect. Well, Michael, thank you again for coming on to business of freelancing. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Michael as much as I did. You can thank Michael by shooting him a quick note on Twitter. He's Michael Port. Thank him, if you would, for just coming on the podcast. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I really enjoyed the discussion. I really love the time that all of our guests take for coming on the podcast, sharing their story, sharing their advice, just sharing and, and helping benefit you, the listener. If you or somebody that you nominate think should be on the podcast, Definitely reach out if you go over to wfreelancing.com. Uh, go into the footer, click contact. You can find out everything about how you can submit to get on the podcast. We'd love to have you or whoever you nominate. Last thing before we cut for the week, if you haven't left a review, yes, I'm going to nag you about it again. I love reviews. I have this service that I that emails me whenever a new review gets submitted. Um, I get to see who submitted it and what they said. I'd love to see you pop into my inbox. So head on over to iTunes, type in Double Your Freelancing or Brennan Dunn and uh, leave a review. I'd appreciate it. All right. We will see you next time on the Double Your Freelancing podcast.